I will never forget when this question was posed to me. I was at a mastermind event and there was a speaker up there and they were workshopping our goals and our vision and all of these different things with us. And they asked one of the members of the group who was hungry, right? Like so many of us are pushing for the next big thing. They said, can you calculate when enough is enough? Have you determined you're enough? And that's what I want to talk to you about today because Listen, I'm ambitious too. I'm a three on the Enneagram. I am hungry for growth. I love just evolving and stepping into my next level, both personally and in my business. I teach that. That's literally what I do. But it has to be in alignment with who you're called to be. It has to be in alignment with your values. It has to be in alignment with the vision that's made for you. And it has to be defined by your enough in this season. So I want to challenge you. I want to ask you that same question. Can you calculate your enough? Do you know what that is? And today I'm going to walk you through some examples of people who have done that right, who haven't quite hit the nail on the head yet, and why it's so critical for you to identify this now. Not a year from now, not 10 years from now, now. And there is so much at stake if you don't do this. So let's jump in to today's episode that will hopefully really shift the pendulum and the paradigm around what it means to be truly successful in business and what it looks like to achieve your version of it. Hey, you're listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz. This is the space where we equip overwhelmed entrepreneurs to become the confident, visionary leader their business, team, family, legacy need to win. After working with countless entrepreneurs over the last decade plus, I've noticed this theme. No matter the level of success they achieved, and I've worked with some incredibly successful business owners, they get to this point where they're asking, now what? You know, what am I being called to next? What does next look like? How do I get there? If you're listening to this, you get it. You're craving more impact, and you wanna feel less frantic and in the weeds of your day-to-day roles and instead lead with that vision and that peace and that intention and that clarity. You wanna wake up each morning with that clarity and vision and the time and the margin to do what you love in your business and in your life with your family. This show is where industry leaders come to grow into their next level of achievement and purpose and impact and legacy. Success in business and true legacy at home. Get ready because we both know you don't just need another strategy. It is time for your breakthrough. I've been hosting masterminds for 12 years now. It is one of my favorite things that I do because it's so powerful to bring the right people into the room and to help them dream bigger and to help them cast vision and to help them then ultimately build the roadmap to get there. And I often bring in guest experts and speakers to also speak to our mastermind members. And I have different levels of mastermind and my, we'll call it my mid-tier mastermind. So these are business owners, they're established, but they're not 20 years into business. They're not million dollar earners. They're usually in that 50,000 to maybe $250,000 range in their business. So they found some success, but there's room for growth. And and really they, they've hit some plateaus because they need to step into leadership. So I brought in 
a member of my high-level mastermind who's sought after speaking in different arenas, who has had incredible success in his business. And the focus of his conversation was to talk about the idea of success and, and growth, right? And this was like a workshopping session where he was really challenging the people in the room that were in my mastermind as he was guest speaking, challenging the people in the room to really just break down any limiting beliefs that they might have around what's really possible for them, both in business and personally. So during this session, he had them take out these blank pages of paper and write, just kind of freely write without, you know, censoring themselves based on the prompts that he would bring to the table. And he would put on this inspiring music And the people in the group were just writing so feverishly because they were super lit up by this exercise. It's a very powerful exercise. I've done it many times myself. So he went through different categories of life and business, right? He focused heavily on things that were more in the financial realm at first, right? So your numbers, your finances, profitability, how much money's in the bank, the house you live in, the car you drive, your vacation home, how much you travel and where do you go and what does that look like for you, Um, your body, your physical well-being, your health, your fitness, your strength, your reach, your platform's reach, right? Like how many followers do you have and how many people are buying your books or buying your programs, Um, the stages that you speak on and how much you get paid for a keynote, the people that you get to rub elbows with, are you elevating in the circles and the rooms that you get to be within? So he was really challenging them to expand their thinking of what's really possible for them and write down their wildest dreams. Again, completely unfettered, like not filtering it, not stopping themselves, not allowing doubt to take over. So like I said, very powerful exercise. And people were really motivated in this moment. They were just writing and writing. And some of the people had tears streaming down their face. You could see that they were exploring the corners of their mind they hadn't allowed themselves to access because sometimes we don't go there because of fear or doubt or being burned in the past. Maybe we've tried the things that we're really feeling like could be for us, but maybe we've tried it and it didn't go so well or we've been rejected or whatever it might be. So he was really pushing and he started to get more specific, right? So he started to say things like, okay, well, you know, would you fly first class only? Like that's a possibility. He was kind of just throwing things on the table that most people don't think of in their natural dreaming type session. He was saying, you know, would your, how big would your vacation home be? And how many people could it sleep? And would you be a New York Times bestseller or multiple New York Times bestseller? Um, how much money would be in your bank account? Should you add some zeros to that? So at the end, after everybody was done, it was a good hour because there were a lot of prompts and this really inspiring music. And oh my gosh, how music can really just move you to action and inspiration. He went around the room to each person in, we were in small groups to ask them about their answers, right? He wanted them to share their inspirational visions and stories. And he went around and everybody's sharing and he's pushing back on some of them saying, can you dream bigger? And then they'd come up with a bigger answer. And then he got to this one woman in particular, a client of mine who um, was in the mastermind. And he asked, he got to the point where he asked about the type of house that she wanted someday. And her answer kind of caught him off guard. He said, the one that I'm in. 
And he said, well, yeah, but you could have, like, imagine if you had a guest home and what you could do with that. And it, like right now, like, where's your house? And she described it. Well, like, does it have views? Imagine if you were up high on a hill and you had these gorgeous views and you could see the ocean. And he's just kind of pushing her and challenging her. And she said, no, I, I love the house I'm in. I dreamed of the house I'm in. We're in this home. It's a safe home. It's a good home. I love this home. I don't want to leave this home. So he kind of shifted gears and started to ask her uh, about other areas. Okay, so, all right, now when it comes to finances, where would you be five years from now? What's the dream? And she said, I'd like to bring in an extra $50,000 a year of profit. And he looked at her and he kind of smiled and he thought, you know, you could tell he's kind of like puffing his chest a little like, I've got her. Like, that's such a small dream. And he's like, no, that you're, and he goes into kind of the whole like NLP thing that I'm not knocking NLP. It's great. Um, Neurolinguistic programming where he starts to kind of analyze and, and challenge her and say, well, you're coming at it from this angle because, you know, sometimes we allow our limiting self-beliefs to take over. And what is it from your past that's telling you that you could, you're only worthy of $50,000? She said, no, $50,000 is perfect because it would allow me to pay off my, pay my parents' mortgage for them. And he's like, imagine if you added a zero or two, like imagine what you could do with that, dream bigger, push harder, stop limiting yourself. So he was like, he loved it because he's like, this is an opportunity to kind of strap my stuff. This is what I do. I get to coach this person. I have someone with these limiting beliefs. I'm going to help them bust through. And with each question, he pushed her a little bit harder and he pushed her a little bit harder and she dug her heels in a little bit more. No car was expensive enough. No business idea was grandiose enough or uncorked enough. And he thought he was helping her to break through to an expanded way of thinking like he had. But what he didn't realize and what we were all learning from her in that moment was that she had something he didn't have. She knew her enough. She had defined her enough. And it's going to look different for everybody. Like I said in the beginning, I'm, I'm ambitious. And there was a stage in my business and my life where there shouldn't be an enough, right? Like th- the sky's the limit. I can push. I can grow. I can make six figures, then seven figures, then eight figures, nine, ten. Like just, I want to like blow the top off this thing. I'm going to sell businesses. I'm going to buy business. Like there was no limit to what I could do. And then I started to ask, yeah, but what is enough? And how do I start to define it and quantify it in this season? It can change. It can evolve. But it is not a safe place to be when you were always just needing more because you haven't defined what's right for you. She knew her enough. Part of her vision, which if he had asked the right questions, he would have discovered is that less is more. She loves having a streamlined life. She loves her home. She loves the size of it. She loves that what's required of her to upkeep it. She loves the feel of it. She loves what happens within it. She discovered what contentment looks like. Now, don't mistake contentment for complacency. I am out here every day fighting against complacency. I am fighting the good fight against mediocrity. That's not what I'm talking about. Contentment 
is a satisfaction and a joy. It is a simplicity sometimes, right? It's not because she couldn't have more or didn't believe she could have more, which, by the way, she was very successful. But because of how she defined more, she was able to look this guy in the eye and say, no, you think you're enlightening me? Bro, I'm enlightening you. I'm for the first time ever exposing you to somebody who's not complacent, who has found contentment, right? I'm settled. I am good. I know my enough. I fought for my enough. Now, it doesn't mean that she's not open to growth. She joined the mastermind, but she was there for leadership, for her own development, not for a hunger for more, 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 except she defined her more, right? Like she put, I don't want to say boundaries, but she put definition and meaning to what more looked like for her. It was more joy, more time, more quality of her days, more moments, more impact in the work that she did. And although she differed than from most of the people in the room, she too was dreaming big just by her own definition. She had way less than he did in terms of, or by his standards, but she had something he didn't. She knew her enough. She had found that contentment. She had found fulfillment. And she was in her sweet spot in that season. Doesn't mean it wouldn't change. But in that moment, she had defined it. And that was something that she had that I don't even think he was aware he hadn't defined for himself. And the funny thing was when that session closed up and he had left. Now, this is not knocking this guy. He's a good guy. He means well. And he's perfect for certain circles, right? But It's also kind of a plague of entrepreneurship. It's this idea that if I'm not constantly making more, getting more, doing more, I'm not worth more. I'm not enough. I'm not of value, right? I'm not worthy. And it keeps us in this cycle of perpetually feeling like we're behind. Like if we don't check another box, we've lost our footing in our path to success instead of just saying, what does just success look like to us? So a while back, I did an episode, episode 179, called Are You Playing Small? And it was funny, a couple of weeks ago, um, I had my director of operations here and we we're doing some visionary work. And we we're just talking through content and we just did a full visionary day. I do this, you know, at least quarterly with my team because it keeps us focused on our objectives and our mission and what we're doing. And we had this kind of spin-off conversation around some of the content that we were creating. And she said, when you did that episode, she's like, when I saw the title, Are You Playing Small? I wanted to punch you in the teeth. (laughs) I'm outing her. She was so triggered by it. And I was like, what's the deal? Why are you triggered by that? And she said that, She didn't like the idea of someone playing small because she's in a season right now where it doesn't make sense for her to try and grow financially. And she had decided that summer that she wanted to be more present with her family. So she was working less and she wasn't trying to like overachieve on every single project. So when she heard me say, are you playing small in that title? It was like, she felt like it was a personal attack on, you know, why why would someone judge someone who's choosing 
a different path in the season? And my answer to that was, and my challenge to her was, wait a minute, playing small for you in that season would have been taking on more projects and working more hours and neglecting to find that extra time with your family and doing what everyone else says is success. And if you missed those moments with your family or pushed for that income growth that you didn't want or need in that season. So who are you to assume that I'm here to define what small is or what playing to win is? So I shoved her trigger right back into her teeth and challenged her, hey, you defined your enough. This is a good thing. Don't be triggered by someone saying, are you playing small? You just determined what your win would have been in that season, and you lived by it. That's a good thing. So if you missed that episode, go check out episode 179 because it's fire, as the kids say. But what I want to talk through today is this idea of um, defining your enough. And one of the first things we do, so we, we have our retreat here at the farm next week. At the time of this recording, it's next week. By the time you listen to it, it will have already happened. But we do this process where we're going to go deep on vision. Like these guys are walking out with their two-year roadmap to growth and success, but they get to define what that is. There will be 20 individuals in that room with different businesses, different business models, different family experiences, different seasons of life, different financial levels of success, different definitions of what financial success is. So the first thing we do is we define our seven core values, our guiding values that we are destined to live by individually. This is not like as a whole, we determine what seven values are the most important. This is each individual person determining the seven values in their life that they they are called to honor so that they can they can align that long-term tra- trajectory and that life plan that we build out together with the business that they're building right? And how they're building the business so that they can honor those values and that vision for their life as they go. Instead of saying you have values over here and having a vision over there and then just putting your head down and getting to work and needing more and more and more and none of the three align and it makes no sense and people wonder why they're not fulfilled or they're not having fun or they're not being known for what they do because they're not even in their sweet spot. When you do it in this order, it really serves the person that you're called to be, the family that you're raising, the business that you're building, the mission that you're called to lead in this life, and the values that you're going to do it by, okay? So those seven value points are so critical because if you are not operating in accordance with your values, if you feel out of whack, right? Like if you have a pit in your stomach when you're working, if you feel like you don't know up from down, you don't know what your vision is, you don't know where you're called to go, you don't know why you keep falling short on your goals, my guess is you're probably not actually living as the person you're meant to be. Okay, so what are those guiding principles, those guiding standards, those guiding values that you're choosing to live by? If family is number one, I don't want you to just write family, Because family to you might mean something very different to somebody else. Define it. What does it look like to put family as a guiding principle for you? Define that. Is it dinner around the table every night? Is it being deeply connected to each of your children individually? Is it operating as a team where you guys are integrated and working together for the betterment of the mission of the family? Is it knowing what that mission is as a family and living by that every day? Is it time together? Is it the quality of your days? Is it the memories you create, 
right? Because you can save family, ship your kids off to school every day. You sit your butt in a chair and work on your computer all day. You come back together, get the homework done, send them off to their ball game, get them home, get them in the bath, get them fed, get them down to bed, and then wonder why family doesn't, like you're not living by family. That's not, that's not a defined value. You need to give this thing legs. You need to give a definition. The same as when you say faith. But you're over here operating in worry all day, every day. And you say faith is a guiding principle, yet you are convinced that all the things you do are completely in your control. And it's all your burden to carry. And there's nobody up there that's looking out for you. But faith is your number one, right? But you worry your way through your days and you grind your way through your days trying to control everything. And you're not listening to the whisper, but you've got faith. You gotta stop just paying lip service to the things that you say you hold dear. You gotta give a definition. What does it mean to be in faith? Do you start your morning in gratitude for the fact that you even freaking get another day when other people just don't? And every time you encounter a battle in your day, do you go to God and you say, listen, I'm not gonna be able to do this one on my own, so use me, show me what's up. I'm gonna need you. So define what faith looks like. Right? So these are the core guiding principles in your life. And those should be the same in your family and in your business. They should not be different. So once you have those, you can start to create a life plan that honors those. Right? If freedom is one of our families and how we define freedom, right, is the is not just financial freedom, although that's a piece of it. It's not just time freedom right? It's stress freedom. Are we working on our mind enough that when we have the time freedom, that it's quality time? Because I'm not just with my kids in physical body. I'm mentally there with them because my mind's not somewhere else stressing out. So I give definition to these things. Freedom to us is being able to do what we want, when we want, with who we want, right? How we want to do it. How is important to us, right? I don't want to be able to do what I want, when I want, with who I want, but how I had to get it and how I had to do it was by someone else's definition that's not in alignment with my other values. So you create those definitions and then you come up with your life plan. I wanna share some examples of things that show up in our life plan. All a life plan is, this isn't like some super strategic thing. This is a process I go through with my entrepreneurs. It's in our visionary blueprint. If you go to luminaryleadershipcode.com forward slash blueprint, this is one of the most powerful tools that we have. And we've stripped out the process that we do with our high level entrepreneurs that I did just the other day with my team that I do all the time. Go to luminaryleadershipcode.com forward slash blueprint and you can get this blueprint, okay? We've priced it embarrassingly low. (laughs) Usually it costs thousands, tens of thousands of dollars to go through this process with us, but if you want to DIY it and do it with your team, you can do it for $67 right now. So anyway, luminaryleadershipcode.com forward slash blueprint. Go grab that. But within that, we go through this process of how to create that life plan. And part of that life plan that is so incredibly powerful is really just painting a picture of the how you want your days to look, like how you want your life to play out. What are the things that are most important? This isn't a super formal piece of the process. The visionary blueprint's pretty 
strategic, but this is kind of like the paint the picture piece. So for us, it's we want to live around family. We want a village, right? We want to raise our kids in a village. We want to immerse them in family and community. We want to commit to a long-term growth plan for the business that's going to create that freedom and prosperity and residual growth, right? We don't want to be in the grind forever, but we also don't want to sell ourselves short. So we're here for the long haul, though. We're not going to make knee-jerk decisions just to make more money tomorrow. I see that all the time. It's it's whatever. If it's your thing, fine. But we like to make decisions based on the long-term play. We want to homeschool our kids. That's part of our life plan. So the things that we do have to support that being a possibility for us, right? So the decisions we make in business, we'll be able to say, does that allow us to homeschool our kids? Because that's what we feel called to do. Uh, We want to say um, yes to the right things right? We want best yeses with people, with experiences, with opportunities to our children. We want the best yeses. Uh, Health as a priority, right? Toxin-free home, how we fuel our bodies and what we eat. We eat really clean. Um, We prioritize strength, exercise, movement. So these are pieces of our life plan. This is, it's way more robust than this. We, we want to live debt-free, right? We want to have enough cash flow to support the things that we want to do, that we get to do, that we feel called to do, to support other people. And we want a thriving mission-centered team of leaders, right, who are committed and they want to grow with us. So these are pieces of the life plan. And those are all rooted in our core values, our guiding principles that we want to live by in our business and in our life our family. So when you start to do this, you will naturally discover you're enough because you'll be able to do what I mentioned, which is align the term, the long-term. I say long-term because that's an important piece. Everybody's immediate gratification. Play the long game. That's how you find true success. You can align the long-term trajectory of your business with the life you want to live on the way there and the values that you want to honor as you go so that you live in integrity with the person you're called to be. So you don't have to look back with regret. So you don't have to make decisions as the wrong person and then wonder why you feel the sting later, right? When you are living as the leader you're called to be and you're living in accordance with those values, even when you encounter really difficult decisions, you make the right decision for you because you know your values. You know what the person operating by those values, you know what they would do. It's easier to discern what's right for you and your family and your business. And it's key to to define what success looks like for you. When you start to make that life plan, and then you start to do that in your business too, right? Like what is the bigger vision? You can start to define success. What would be a home run for you? What's absolutely amazing to somebody else could sound like a living nightmare to you. What's level 10 great? When you hear someone else say, oh, I want this big team where everybody's operating, you know, like we, we've grown to 20 employees and you're like, that sounds terrible. I would hate to manage that. I want to be lean and I want to be, you know, agile and I don't want to have all those people. You have to define what success is to you because, yeah, that might be success by industry standard, but it's not success by your values. It's not success by your metrics that matter, right? So you have to determine what does that success look like for me and be specific. Things that happen in your days 
that would feel fulfilling or great or like a big win, what are those things? And answer why. If you don't know why they'd be great, they just sound great, they're probably not great for you. When I started to answer that question, I realized that when I was being totally honest with myself, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It wasn't what I had been aiming for for the last friggin' six years. It wasn't the bulk of my time, you know, what the bulk of my time was actually going towards, which is hugely problematic and why we often feel out of alignment, why we often are unhappy and overwhelmed and unfulfilled. It's like, no kidding. We're not even pursuing the right dream. If you were to open my calendar at the time, despite the fact that I thought I was pursuing success, right? I thought I was pursuing what I really wanted. You open up and do an audit of my time, and my time was going to things that weren't really what made me come alive or made me feel like, oh my gosh, if I did this, it would feel like a home run to me. It was what the world defined as success. And you allow the world to define success for you, you are not going to like the end result. The world's gone mad, and you don't want to be any part of that. You want to define your enough, your success, so that you can not just experience the wins, you can feel them, and you know they're right for you, and they make the, the ripple effect they're intended to make. It's because it puts you in the right spaces and places at the right times because you're actually living the life that's meant for you. My list consisted of things like mentally present mornings with my kids. That basic, like sitting down and reading a book to them and not stressing about all the things that I had to do later that day. Or a day where I could just write all day. I didn't know I wanted to just be a writer and spend my time writing and be immersed in the art of putting words on a page so that they can make a big impact in somebody's life. Or deep connections. I was craving. I'd done so much virtually and digitally and created and whatever. And it's like I was craving deep connections with the people I love or seeing my kids pursue their passions, more time put into their growth and their development, or having enough money that I could do the things I want to do without batting an eye, like paying off my parents' mortgage or, you know, taking care of medical bills for family members that are going through hard times. But the things that I had been working towards and putting my focus on was the next big launch or the next client I had to bring in to make ends meet or growing my social media following. So sometimes what we define as success and then we achieve it and we wonder, why am I not satisfied? Why am I just hungry for the next thing? Why did I just gloss right over this and I didn't even celebrate the win? Because it's not the right win. It's not a win for you because by your definition of success, it doesn't fit your values. It doesn't fit your life plan. It doesn't fit your vision. And it doesn't fit the way you would define your enough and your success. I think back to that client of mine who was being peppered by that speaker who was convinced he was enlightening her to this whole new way of thinking and pushing and growing. Little did he know that she she had the answer. She was the enlightened one. She had defined her enough. She knew what she was called to in life in that season. And it went right over his head. He never even saw it. Afterwards, we had a debrief on the talk. And he's like, man, you know, she's really going to struggle. She's never going to get to the levels that she could get to. It's like, she already did, bro. She knows what success looks like for her. She's achieved it. What is that for you? Where are you playing small? Not by my definition, not by the world's definition. Just like for my director of operations, 
playing small for her would have been working harder in that season when she really should have been spending the time with the kids, right? You define it. You define it. That is my call for you this week. Please, if this spoke to you, send it to another ambitious go-getter like yourself because we need more people to be embracing the call that's been placed on their heart. You know, that one life we have to live, the ones who are living it fully in, in, in alignment with who they're actually meant to be as the leader they're called to be. So if that's you, please share this. Just one person or 25, but one person is fine either way. And if you haven't yet left a review, I would be so grateful. You can just click the five star. It takes about a millisecond. And if you're feeling really touched by this, can you leave us a review and let us know what you think so that we can bring more of the content that you're seeking and reviews like that help continue to get us on the map and in the worldview of the speakers that you want to hear from. So thank you so much for listening. And until next week, define your enough. You determine what success looks like, and then you can pursue the right things in your life. I hope today's episode gave you what you needed. If it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next powerful episode. And I know it's so cliche to ask for a review. It always feels weird asking for one, but you guys, that makes a huge impact on the show. We read every one of them. And it helps us get incredible guests to serve you. Don't be shy. I love connecting with our listeners. You can follow along on Instagram when I'm on there, at Eliz Hartke. And if there's a topic or a question or guest you have for us, reach out, share your thoughts. You can connect at marketing at luminaryleadershipco.com. And we do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve you. Thanks for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. Tune in next week to keep building your legacy and becoming the confident visionary leader you are meant to be.